This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. We're always looking for new ideas and topics from our listeners, so please reach out, share your ideas. You can email us at sg2perspectives at sg2.com or connect with us on LinkedIn or Twitter, and you can find links to all that in the show notes. Now, on to this week's episode. For many years, decades, really, we have been measuring loyalty of the physicians and the leakage of the physicians, so the physicians splitting their referrals. What we're talking about here is starting to measure loyalty of the customers and the leakage by customers. It's switching our attention from being physician-centric to being patient-centric. Hello, and welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host, Kelly Richard. Today, we'll be kicking off a three-part series on SG2's latest research on the system of care. The first topic we'll be tackling is channel strategy. I feel really lucky today to have one of the biggest brains that we have at SG2, Vice President of Strategic Analytics, Yelena Boaziz. Thank you so much for joining me, Yelena. Thank you for having me, Kelly. It's a pleasure. Just to provide a little bit of context on the System of Care series, back in 2008, SG2 launched a framework for how health systems can view and think about the arsenal of services that they have available to patients. Back then, it was largely based on a physical footprint with the hospital or acute care setting sort of at the top and things revolved around it. But what it did was push systems to think about other places that they're delivering care besides that central hospital campus. Since then, it's continued to evolve, and now we really have to include virtual sites, particularly telehealth platforms, the home, anywhere that a patient might be accessing care. The other thing to keep in mind is that those places may not actually be owned by the health system and might be connected to the health system through partnerships. I worked with a number of experts across SG2 to conduct some research that continues to push our thinking on what the system of care is, how to evaluate it, and how we can utilize it to improve patient care. So one of the key aspects of the system of care that we started thinking about a little differently was channel strategy. What we're really doing is talking about how you optimize the way that patients are entering into your system and how you invest in those assets. Yelena, maybe you can start by telling us a little bit about the traditional way that we and many of our health systems clients have viewed channel strategy and how we are starting to evolve our thinking. I would say that the traditional channel management strategy was very provider-centric. I think of it as a wholesale mindset. As health systems, we were focused on going out and identifying physician practices. It could have been employing primary care offices. It could have been going out into the community and partnering with primary care physician specialties, acquiring urgent cares, retail cares. But the strategy was focused on identifying entities that could generate as many referrals into our health system as possible. So we're evaluating that partnership based on the volume of the referrals that were coming from it. What has changed dramatically in the course of the pandemic is the depth of our understanding of just how crucial it is to meet the consumers where they are. It's changing the mindset from going to wholesale to retail. So the questions that we're asking now about channels are very different. We're looking at different patient populations and asking what are the channels that they're actually preferring to use to enter into the health system? And what is their experience with each particular channel or with a variety of different channels? 
if the patient is interacting with the primary care office, what is it that creates value about that interaction and what doesn't? This idea of omnichannel that came to us from the retail industry is now becoming exceedingly important to healthcare as well. And it's really the idea that we need to be looking holistically from a longitudinal perspective, so from an individual customer's perspective, at all of the ways in which they're interacting with our brand, which spans both the physical channels and all of the virtual digital interactions. I don't just mean telemedicine visits, but every digital interaction from how they access the website, how they access patient portal, how helpful the website is. If they're using the call center, then what is their experience with the call center? Can their prescriptions be digitally sent to the pharmacy? We're looking at all of those different interactions and measuring how they're contributing overall to customers' loyalty towards our brand. Then we look at a variety of levers that are sort of moderating whether a patient is choosing to use a particular set of care. So is it access? Is it convenience? Is it word of mouth? Is it branding? Is it their prior experience with the provider that is leading them to choose that site of care? And then how does that site of care influence their next decision downstream? Is the site of care providing them with the necessary education to know what the next step is? Is it easing their access? Is the primary care office helping them schedule that appointment with the specialist? All of that is contributing to how we're looking at both digital and physical channels. What we're also learning that was very interesting over the past few months is the importance of digital marketing as a channel that should be considered as part of the system of care because it has a tremendous impact of actually steering the patients, navigating them to be able to access the right set of care as quickly as possible in the most efficient way. Traditionally, marketing has been done in a very top-down approach, but what we're learning is that it actually has a tremendous impact in a bottom-up way. So much of the patient's experience as an individual actually happens outside of what we currently consider a traditional system of care. From the onset of awareness that they need medical services to doing their research to identifying how to access the right physician, to making the decision, to coping with the emotions about accessing that doctor. All of that right now is on the perimeter. So what we really need to do is expand the perimeter of what we consider system of care to be. And digital marketing provides us with extremely powerful tools to be able to reach the patient where they are by segmenting them based both on their medical condition and their psychographic profile. So really understanding what is going to drive the motivation of that particular customer to be activated as a patient to make the decision to go ahead and access the doctor. Digital marketing can help us do all of those things by providing the right information to the right customer and then getting them into the right program as quickly as possible. When you talk about the things that create value for a patient and what doesn't, and you talked about a number of levers in, in terms of access and convenience, experience, in your opinion, are we finding that the sort of recipe for value changes by patient population or by site? Did you find anything specific there? Absolutely. And that's where it becomes extremely important to segment the patients. Traditionally, we've thought of value as purely clinical or medical value, but patients are actually looking for a retail, a true customer experience. That true customer experience is going to vary hugely by the age group 
by the demographic. You're going to have patients who still prefer to use in-person physician visits, and then you're going to have a younger demographic that prefers to use virtual care visits vast majority of the time. How much the patients value the relationship with the physician as a trusted advisor is going to greatly vary from population to population, and even the particular medical journey is going to hugely determine that. So if we're talking about cancer patients, they're going to be relying a lot more on their provider to tell them what the next step is versus someone, for example, with the osteoarthritis who may have a lot of friends who have gone through it and they may want to research it on their own or listen to what their employer is recommending in order to save some costs. So there is a huge variation in what customers consider as value depending on what segment we're talking about. Yeah, and that gets to my next question. We're dealing in a space where one size doesn't necessarily fit all in most cases, so we can't measure it in one market and say, this is the answer, everyone do this. If you're really working on something, then you should be measuring it. And so traditionally, we've sort of looked at volumes of referrals from each location and what that leads to in terms of downstream volumes. But that gives us a little bit of a limited view when you're talking about what are the things that patients value, what kind of downstream volumes do we get? When you are working with different health systems and taking this view and looking at the data in a new way, what are the new metrics that health systems should be tracking when they are evaluating their system entry channels? Great point, Kelly. The metrics are definitely evolving to be much more customer-centric as well, along with the strategy that they're driving. One of the metrics that is extremely powerful is the customer lifetime value. What it does is that it looks at an individual longitudinally and assesses what are all of the different types of needs that that particular customer has over their lifetime as a customer. Not necessarily their entire lifetime, but their lifetime as a customer to a particular health system. And that's going to vary depending on the demographic and situation. How long do we usually think that is when we're looking at in our data? It can vary. It can be anywhere between 10 years to two years. We see that a lot of millennials switch providers every two years because of how much they move. So it actually depends a lot on geography as well, depending on how much the residents are moving around in that geography. So that's a really important piece to take into account. What we do is we look at what are all of the different needs that the customer has over the course of their lifetime as a customer. And then the true value comes in being able to segment those different customer populations. So who are more complex who are exhibiting preference for different types of channels to enter the health system through? What are their different patterns of utilization of healthcare services? That gives us an insight then into what are the resources that are going to be most effective at helping create value for those patients, navigate them into the health system and serve them in the most appropriate way. That's customer lifetime value that we're doing a ton of work with recently. An adjacent metric that is extremely powerful is the share wallet. So that's really a proxy for measuring customer consumer loyalty towards a brand. What that allows us to do is be able to say how prone are different patient populations to using our brand over and over and over again versus having transactional relationships with those patients. And then, of course, you have a variety of metrics that are much more oriented around measuring customer experience and customer satisfaction. 
It can be anywhere from a traditional customer satisfaction survey that follows your call with the call center to being able to measure how long does it take to make an appointment with a particular set of care? How long does it take to then get to the next step within that care journey? If we're pushing out digital marketing messages to capture a particular patient segment, we want to measure how many patients are actually engaging with the digital message that we're sending out. How many of them are then taking action on that digital message? And how many of them end up using the downstream services that we have targeted them for? So a wide variety of metrics that look at both the overall consumer profile as well as measurement that's more operational in nature. You mentioned share of wallet. Many of our listeners are going to be a little bit surprised at that one, or maybe just at least not familiar. We don't traditionally use that measure in healthcare, but you've done some really valuable work using that metric. Can you tell me a little bit more about the approach to that work and how you view it from the share of wallet perspective? I find it to be an incredibly powerful metric. What it does is it looks longitudinally at one particular individual and measures what proportion of their spend over a set period of time went to my brand versus to other brands in my market or elsewhere. And so that percentage, for example, if a patient spent 50% of their total spend with me, then they're 50% loyal. The power of this metric comes in in being able to say the majority of my patients are coming to me for 80% of their need. That would be tremendous, right? That means that we're meeting their needs in a very comprehensive way. What we're seeing is that a lot more frequently, health systems are serving about 30% or less of their patients' needs. So there is a huge opportunity to create much stronger relationships with the patients and be less transactional, which is what is the case now. For many years, decades, really, we have been measuring loyalty of the physicians and the leakage of the physicians. So the physicians splitting their referrals. What we're talking about here is starting to measure loyalty of the customers and the leakage by customers. So what percentage of my patients are consistently choosing me for my orthopedic services, but are for whatever reason, consistently going out and seeking their cardiovascular care elsewhere. It's switching our attention from being physician-centric to being patient-centric. And that's interesting, too, because previously when we were looking at physicians, it's likely because our footprint really looked like what primary care physicians are we connected to? And that's the only way that patients are coming into our system. But with an expanded system of care, maybe there are other channels that are more important than primary care. And we're kind of going directly to the source. Just in terms of the work that you've been doing, have you found anything unexpected in terms of the share of wallet analysis about which channels, whether it's primary care or post-acute care or PT or any of these other things that are more important than others? Yeah, absolutely. One very interesting finding that we're actually now consistently seeing in a number of markets is the importance of the PT channel. Think about patients who are experiencing back pain or are experiencing knee pain. They haven't gone on to surgical treatment yet because whether it's their primary care physician or a friend recommended that, hey, you can actually start with some physical therapy and that may delay your need for surgery or eliminate it altogether. We're looking at patients who are really accessing the system through the PT channel. And what we're seeing is that channel is incredibly impactful in terms of generating downstream loyalty. These patients tend to be a lot more complex 
than an average patient population. Not surprisingly, probably their age is going to be higher. But what we're seeing is that their comorbidities are about twice as high as the average population, which means that these patients are looking at utilizing a health system for a variety of services, anywhere from orthopedics to cardiovascular, even cancer is quite common, general medicine, general surgery, even neurology. So a wide variety of related or potentially unrelated needs. What's really unique about PT is that that experience of going through the treatment actually generates a very high loyalty downstream over two, three years. We're talking about number of years, time horizon, and a variety, again, of unrelated needs. So what we believe is that the longitudinal relationship that the patient develops with the physical therapist, the positive impact that it has the positive experience on a day-to-day basis with the physical therapist, the formal and the informal education that occurs during those sessions about how to access the health system for potentially unrelated services. We believe that all of that contributes to why these patients, when they enter through a PT channel, actually end up being a lot more loyal to the overall brand across that variety of needs. So we believe that PT is a very important channel strategically for helping inside that customer loyalty that, by the way, is completely independent of other channels that the patients might be using concurrently. So whether it's primary care channels or specialists, when you control for that, you still see that PT specifically is what's generating that loyalty. That's really interesting. And I don't know that the answer necessarily is go out and buy a bunch of PTOT, but there might be something to replicate in some other settings that they might be getting there. When you're working with health systems and they're getting these data-driven insights, what are the decisions that they typically are making with them? The first big overarching question is about portfolio management. So it's really about what is the optimal set of physical and virtual channels that a health system should have in order to be able to do three things, capture new patients, retain the existing patients, and then be able to navigate the patients as quickly and as efficiently as possible to the right side of care. It's a portfolio management question or an investment question. So the decisions we're making here, what channels to own, what channels to partner with, and how much we can really afford to invest into them. The second overarching question is much more operational in nature. And that gets to your point about how do we actually leverage this information about PT, for example. It's about how do we best deploy the assets that we have by acquiring the knowledge about what creates value for the patient in the interaction with a particular channel and what doesn't. Looking at our primary care channels, what can we make more fulfilling for the patient about that primary care experience? Is it about being able to access their medical records electronically in an easier way? Is it about the reminder? Or is it something as simple as the amenities in the waiting room or being able to deploy an electronic check-in so that they can input all of their information online before they get to the appointment? The decisions that health systems are making can actually change the way that they're deploying their BD teams. So the way that the BD teams are actually interacting with the community physicians or employed physicians and are helping them think through how to create a better experience for the patient. It changes the way that digital marketing campaigns are deployed. 
It can change some really purely operational decisions, how we run the call center, how we run the patient portal, how we're deploying various other digital resources. These are all very consumer-oriented decisions. But again, what we're learning is that these decisions have a huge impact on both the long-term strategy for the health system and the more near-term success in being able to capture patients and activate them effectively. Absolutely. And these are real-time decisions that are pretty urgent for health systems that might be trying to recover from the financial difficulties of the pandemic. And in terms of things like right-sizing your portfolio and figuring out the most efficient and effective way of deploying your workforce, investing in digital capabilities, all of that is very top of mind for our clients. Absolutely. Well, Elena, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And thanks so much for sharing all of your great knowledge today. And for all the listeners, we'll have two additional parts of this series on the system of care. After this one will be ambulatory optimization, followed by incentive alignment. So we'll keep talking system of care as the weeks go on. Thanks, Elena. Thank you, Kelly. This has been another episode of SG2 Perspectives. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and don't forget to rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Please connect with us on LinkedIn or Twitter at SG2Healthcare. You can also reach us via email at sg2perspectives at sg2.com. Reach out and let us know what healthcare trends are most important to you. Please also listen and subscribe to our colleague, Dr. Tom Villanueva's Modern Practice Podcast on Vizian's Medical Leadership Channel. Tom discusses key healthcare trends through the clinical leadership lens. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.